0: Welcome to Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host Ruckman. With me this week, for the most part, we got Chris. For the
1: most part, I'm here. I'm not all here, but mostly I'm here.
0: Well, I I in the fact that Ricky is not here for the main part of the episode, but I will be uh recording a little few-minute segment here with him that will pipe in at some point. That's right. Talking about the uh, the uh Team Trios event we played in this week. The Team Trios so. event
1: that you guys went in and crushed represented Crew 3 well.
0: That's right. We made the finals on that. Split top 4, which is nice, but the stores were like... Hey, we still want to have a real winner, so we, you know, we uh, we went to the finals and played out for the actual winner seat. Uh, so we'll we'll talk a little more in depth that, Ricky. But I will say just right now: um, getting to play the Sack deck, I played uh, it was a real nice change of pace. Honestly, um, you know, I'll go into a little bit more when we kill what when we um, talk about what killed Magic this week. Uh, there's a pretty, I think there's a really shocker. What killed Magic this week? It's gonna be like a a, a Jessica, you know, Jessica Fletcher big style reveal of who learned <laughs> the magic.
1: Yeah, yeah, Scooby Doo, Jessica Fletcher, the whole gang. Huh? That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. The Harlem Globetrotters, Batman's Batman's gonna be there. <laughs> That's
1: right. Harlem Globetrotters are coming as they do. <laughs> but this <laughs> week, General's I was all gonna all. say this week we were the Washington Generals though, right?
0: That's right. Uh, but anyway, so like, plant like Pioneer can be pretty linear in all honesty. and playing that Rakdos Sack deck um i felt like every decision i made that week over the on sunday really mattered and it was really great to just kind of like feel like really like put the thinking cap on and uh it really reminded me of like just some of like the magic i really enjoy so it was a really great time and like i said ricky and i will we'll dive more into that at some point this episode depending on i don't really don't know what i'm gonna pipe that and probably probably after that a game update but that was that event was a lot of fun and uh you know really wish you could have been there chris but uh We'll jam some magic, a dream hack here in a few weeks. That's
1: exactly right. I'm excited for it.
0: So what we're going to do today is uh, Chris has been just jamming out in Explorer. So we'll, we'll take some minute to talk with him about it, some explore, what's been going on there. I've had a little time to dive into Explorer, not a whole lot, uh, just because we were getting ready for the Team Trio's event this weekend. Uh, again, we'll have What Killed Magic with a Surprise reveal. And then uh, I think we're going to do a little more in-depth of meta update than we've done the last couple of weeks. And then uh, at some point in there, I'll sprinkle in that conversation with Ricky. So Chris, do you want to talk explorer now or do you wanna you wanna wait till after the meta?
1: Well I want to talk about what what murdered Magic this week first.
0: Okay. Alright. Well
1: And then yes,
0: then I want my time. Okay, then you got your time. Alright. So what killed Magic this week? It was me <laughs> in the library with the candlestick. <laughs> the heel of magic yeah. strikes again. Right. I will be honest, um last week and you know I said this on the socials uh, I think everyone was tired and real stressful week for everyone sort of in the group last week. So I feel like I didn't make my point as well enough that I could have made in part of last week's episode. Uh, I do still stand by essentially everything we said, but I do just want to take a moment to kind of clarify, I guess, and better elaborate on some of the points I made last week. What, was, what were you trying to say, Ruckman? So so the big thing, right, when I was comparing uh, the interactivity level of Pioneer and Modern, there is no doubt in my mind that Modern is hyper-interactive because every creature in the format is a removal spell at this point for free, right? Um, the point I was trying to make was, to me, it's so weird to have players complain about the state of Pioneer when comparing it to Modern especially when, in my mind, the current state of Pioneer is very similar to what I think a lot of players would deem kind of the golden age of modern, Mm -hmm. which is that 2015-ish meta where I feel like so many decks were viable, yet you still had a lot of competitive players talking about how it was the format where you just kind of stared at your opponent until one of you died because of how just everyone was operating in their own little bubble. Mm-hmm. To me, that's where Pioneer is a lot of right now. So it's always funny to me to hear people complain about the underactive nature of the format when I think Pioneer has a lot of similarities to that format. So that's the point I was trying to make really there. Mm-hmm. And again, like I was saying earlier, I it was definitely a mistake I made to not tack on the fact that in a lot of decks, Pioneer is a... Very linear format. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your mana accelerate into Winota into win. You have gear Lotus fields into play into combo. You have mono green ramp out big dudes. Maybe we need a combo and win. You, you a lot of the decks are one, two, three step process. Right. And honestly, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing.
1: I think all of the top decks are really fun. Like I, I know that it can yeah. be frustrating to play against Winona because you're like, oh, I'm not playing any, you know, interaction because I guess why would I? But again, we've talked about how easy is it to kill a 4-4, right? Um, especially yeah. with your sack deck, you know, hey, look, that turns on your uh your fatal push, right? Yeah. So um I don't know. I think I think modern is, is has survived the modern horizons to apocalypse and and people still like it. Um and I think that I mean the
0: apocalypse is over because they've all had to console themselves into their massive investments they've had to make into the format. Yeah,
1: and I and I think modern's fun. Again, I just I'm I'm not here to, you know, trash any of their format other than just to say that sure. like I, I think that ultimately you're right. Where I love that I think that, you know, hey, look, my Grace Fang decks. Grace Fang's fun to play. Phoenix is fun to play. Like when I'm spinning my cards, drawing my cards, doing my thing, playing some amount of interaction, you're there. Right? I mean, a lot of the decks that are doing well have at least some amount of interaction you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they're they all packing some. So, like, yeah, ultimately, they have a goal, but doesn't every deck? Isn't the point of every deck to kind of to do it? Yeah. And and so, again, don't get me wrong. Like, there's no true uh, mid-rangey deck besides, like, our, our sack strategy that seems to be doing really well. The decks that are really rising to the top right now are trying to execute on a pretty linear strategy. They don't have a bunch of different ways to win. Right. They kind of have their one or two, one and a half ways to win, depending, you know, again, on most of the top decks, this is a generalization, but yeah, they're also really fun to play. <laughs> if you haven't been grease fanging people, if you ain't been phoenixing people, if you've been playing big green, if that's your thing, it's fun. It just is. So, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything wrong, given that all those decks are fun to play. And I think that when you have equally uh, powerful strategies that, you know, hey, yeah, I'm running my grease fang into your big green and we'll see who wins. I mean, eh, like you can tune your deck. That's what a sideboard's for. Like, I think the what still makes planner such a good format is we have that sideboard, we have that interesting spot. There's a lot of non games and magic in general. So, you know, you have that option to tune your deck for whatever you think you're going to see. And there's where your your skill comes in as far as can you tune your deck? You know, there's three different versions of Grace Fang you can play, right? There's different cards. You can play a green combo. Now. So I, I again, I think that that there's interesting comparisons to be made there for
0: sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Um anyway, all right, Chris, so you've been playing some Explorer though.
1: Oh yeah, I've been jamming some Explorer.
0: Let's let's hear about your Explorer time. Honestly, all of my Explorer time was spent essentially just practicing the Rakdos Sack deck deck I played this weekend, just because it was a struggle to find out Nixalai. So I was just like, I'll just jump in the Explorer queue for a bit. So uh, I don't have a whole lot to add on to, but I know you've been kind of brewing stuff up You've been playing with the Discord a bit. So what why don't you tell everyone about your sort of what you've been getting down to and explore?
1: Yeah, definitely special shout out to, to Wombat, who I got to test quite a few decks with. And mostly just messing around. I was very tired. Uh Wombat kind of played like a mid-range red deck and then a a white aggressive deck. And I thoroughly lost most of those games. But there were a couple games that were really interesting. And, and what I like about that is like you do get to learn a little bit about your deck. Unfortunately, because we didn't play a lot of diverse decks. You don't get to know a ton of ton, but I will tell you that uh, I was able to win several games with Thousand Year Storm. Ooh, Yeah, it was interesting just because of the amount of treasure <laughs> making that you can do. If you ever untap with it, it's very, very hard to lose. And you have, you know, that was one of the problems before is you could untap and still sputter. Now you're way more consistent. Playing a six-mana artifact on a turn is usually certain death. Don't get me wrong. I didn't have a positive win rate with Thousand Year Storm, <laughs> right? I was not winning 78% of my games, but I was winning maybe 40% because you do a good job of being able to kill your opponent's creatures or stall them out with whatever, and I think there is a better version there. That did get me thinking, though, because I do think that Red Black Sack is one of the decks that I do have built. Um, I could go over that, but you know there are deck lists out there. Um, I don't have Wishclaw Talisman, weirdly enough, in my Sack deck right now. I'm playing a super cheap uh, version of it, but one of the decks I wanted to highlight that I actually have Arena up right now, and I was skeptical about whether or not I wanted to ever even play Explorer because I didn't want to support Arena, um, but I have put no money into this. I just, as we were uh, talking about before.
0: So you don't have $50 for the, the wildcard bundle? No,
1: I'm not one of those people who has $50. And again, if you did, did you, great. I, you know I, We you don't all pr- have to... Did
0: you see uh, did you see Delarian's that? video about it?
1: No, what did he say?
0: His his uh, it just he just said no and stared on his like, is it worth it to buy right? Mm-hmm. Um, He just said no and then proceeded to stare at the camera for 10 minutes. <laughs>
1: He's so right. He's so right. Again, like, you know, the reality that I've seen is there's a lot of people who have been again messaging me from back in my magic days when I was like a more competitive player and they knew I was playing. They knew I was winning, doing stuff like that. And they're like, oh look, I play Arena and and it's it's very hard because those people are just getting off work and they just want to play some arena. And you know, if they don't if they don't like the price points, they don't pay them. You know? I think we have more responsibility to shed on the predatory nature of the program and how long we've been mating and and uh, the lies that they've they've passed about when, you know, pioneer was But coming again, out.
0: wizards, let us back in the early access program. We promise we'll be for <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean again at this point i don't, I don't even know right but i just want to point out that i have reinstalled arena um i do think that there are definitely downsides that i want to again talk about as far as like if you don't want to support arena don't i'm certainly not giving them any more money but i already had 50 wi- 50 rare wild cards and 50 mythic wild cards sitting there for when they promised pioneer masters to- okay so prefacing that here Sorry, I had to get that out. Again, if you don't want to play Arena, don't. But at the same time, I have been having fun. This is a new format. And one of the different decks I kind of brought out was this Is It Artifacts deck. So this deck list is not optimized. I've been playing it around. I've been playing with numbers. I've been playing with cards to see if there are even cards that I want to do or don't do. This is not a final deck list, but here's where I've ended up so far. We're going to start off with four Moon Snare prototype, right? And you'll see why. One, this, any ability that has channel um, has some alternative use. So, you know, once you get to five, the owner of target non-land permanent, that's any problem card, puts it on the top of the bottom of the library for the channel. I think that card's sweet. We are going to get to our ramp targets in a minute. We do want to be ramping out certain cards. We're going to play two Wishing Wells. We're going to play three Experimental Synthesizer. I really like Synthesizer. In this deck, you have other ways to draw cards, and you don't really want to be playing this on one. Um, You really want to be playing it later. And at that point, you don't want to just sit with a bunch of synthesizers in your hand when you have other things you want to be doing, perhaps interaction and whatnot, right? Sure. So we're going to play four Voltage Surge. It kills Winota. If you've been playing in Explorer, you know that there's, you can't run into just four or five Winotas in a row. There are plenty of other decks. Same thing with Grace Fang, right? You really want a way to deal with that. Voltage Surge is going to be our main way in this deck to deal with those decks. We've also got four Disruption Protocol. This is a card I've been trying out and liking at Ricky's suggestion. Um, this is the counter spell. right? It's double blue, Counter Target Spell. But you either have to pay an extra one or tap an untapped artifact you control. Four, thirst for knowledge. That's for you TFK fans out there. We are gonna go ahead and rock it here. Two of a card I discovered called Vampire's Vengeance. You remember this card?
0: I have no idea what this <laughs> yeah. card is.
1: This is two colorless in an instant. Sorry, two colorless in a red. It's an instant. Vampire's Vengeance deals two damage to each non-vampire creature, and you create a blood token. Okay. So it's another way to get an artifact. I believe there's something like this that also makes a treasure token. Whatever. Do whatever you want. Something like that. We're also going to play two Prismori Command as a little bit of extra answer that can also make us some treasures. Then you went and forgot about Dre because we're going to play a four gold span dragon. Uh, this so this card is so good that when I first looked at this card, they tried to give me the alchemy. Version. They were like, yeah. this is so good. You can't have it. We've changed this card into this nonsense. I had to have Wombat explain to me how I get rid of the alchemy version and just let me play regular magic, please. And thankfully, he walked my boomer self through it, and so we got here. So we're playing four of the regular version of Gold's Band Dragon. They nerfed this card for a reason. It's insane. It's one of our high-end ones that's going to deal some damage, make us a bunch of tokies. Then the payoff to this deck, the reason we're playing Moonstar, prototype and treasures and stuff we're trying to do we of course got our torrential gear hulk and magma opus synergy going Woo! here Four gear hulks four opus uh this gives you an excuse to play this right it, we get our artifact synergy because obviously gear hulk. whenever we never want to discard gear hulk but you could if you had uh, too many or it was too early game and you couldn't afford it magma opus discards to make us a treasure which works well with our disruption protocols our voltage searches if we have to, it gives us mana to activate our wishing wells, things like that. But you're mostly a control deck trying to get to your uh, end game. You don't have a ton of answers. You can you got a couple vengeance, a couple surge, and then some counter spells, but ultimately you're just trying to get your gold span dragon, to attack people down, and then obviously magma opus them out to recover and start winning the game from there. Once you can do that multiple times, you are square. I've also been playing because you can play Godphara's gift in this format. But unfortunately, it's, you know, I tried that. It's just not as good without the bounce creature. The three minute two, three.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Reflector Mage.
1: Reflector Mage. Yeah, as a human creature. Other than that, I've been playing a lot of sack in a similar kind of build uh, with Fable of the Mirror Breaker. And that has been hot. You're curve out at three with mayhem devil and fable the mirror breaker only cult anvil deadly dispute cauldron familiar so you've got the oven combo three fatal push again you're really trying to make sure that you can kill grease fang and winotis that's just like a plan you have to have obviously with our deadly disputes our ovens things like that we're activating fatal push all the time we've also got some voltage surge because this hits um planeswalkers and that can be relevant against the wanderer so i don't have all four there i don't have um you know, all four voltage surges either. It's mostly going to be a split so that you can handle planeswalker should you need to, but obviously you can easily handle one or whatever else you need to handle with your Fatal Push or your Voltage Surge, and you just split the rest for that. So but Oni Cult has been the truth. Again, I'm not playing Witches. I'm sorry, I'm not playing Wish Claw Talisman in this particular deck just because I don't have something that I super want to target. I think if we get some of the bigger artifacts we're missing in Explorer, then you could it could be worth it. But here we've got so much, you know, so many synergies. We've got so many ways to draw cards. I'm not playing it, but it is a really cute thing that you can only cult or deadly dispute with your wish claw talisman trigger on the stack. Trust me, I love that so much. I'm glad everybody, I'm just not sure you need
0: it. Very cool. All right. Well, I'll have you actually export that blue red deck, especially, and we'll have that linked in the uh, episode description if people want to check that list out and didn't catch all the cards. Uh, as you were going over them. Keep it out in the uh, description for that.
1: And if you want to chat with me about those, just uh, hit me up in the Discord, right? Discord link should be in the description. It's free to join. Everybody's welcome. You don't have to be a subscriber or anything like that. Just come on in and chat with me about those lists if you want. Feel free to at me even in the Discord so I get a, uh, a ping and we can talk about changes you would make, what you would do, anything like that.
0: Yeah, very cool. All right, anything else on the before we start to end up here?
1: No, I, it's a new format. I have really loved it. Hopefully, again, I can we can talk more about it as the weeks go on, because I think I'm going to keep playing. But it's been a nice it's a nice, friendly rejuvenation, an easy way to play after
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's dive in to the Pioneer metagame, shall we? Um, of course, the Mana this weekend, we are going to really go into the Mana just because they didn't allow any new cards, because they were worried about supply issues so that didn't happen i will say though i was still very impressed that there was a, 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 I think 101 players in the challenge this weekend despite the mana traders going on at the same time so that's super dope once again proving pine is great of course the pine challenges are now also paying down to 64th place so uh that is really great for the format um so yeah so we're going to we're going to talk about the the challenge top baits i'm going to kind of poke at some of the deck lists uh, from the challenges that didn't top eight, but have some new cards. Um, I'm not going to really focus on any decks that if I missed a deck that just has like a new triumph in it, right. I'm going to kind of skip over that because it's, it's a Mm triumph. but, and then we have some league deck lists. I want to talk about your opinion on, and then uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll throw over to myself and Ricky talking about a team trios event and we'll wrap it up there. So, uh, let's get started, shall we? In eighth place on Saturday's challenge, we have Super Cow one, two, six, five, three, with Celeste Angels playing our new girl, Giada. We'll definitely come back to this deck list. In seventh place, we have XF one three R C E sorry R C three B Y E R L Y. Fierce Burly? I uh, I don't even I'm not even gonna
1: try. I'm so ready. Yeah, what? X X fierce by Really. I think that's what it is.
0: Okay. Alright. Well, cool. Way to go, Zoomer. Uh, <laughs> seventh place with Naya Winoda featuring Rocco Cabaretti Caterer. Bit of a new in there. Sixth place, we have Mario Marcos on Is It Phoenix? Here. No new cars, no new cards. Alright, we'll move on. Also, shout out to playing Hallbreaker Works. I think it's bugged right now. Honestly, one of the best things to explore right now is I'm almost kind of not wanting to play one because so many things are bugged, <sighs> but yeah. hey, at least Possibility Storm is fixed. Nice. Fifth place, we have Sauce on Mono Green Devotion here. Nothing new in this one. We're playing Tulsimir and uh, Cloudsteel Kieran in the sideboard now, along with a portable hole, making use of those uh, those Karn triggers there. So that's pretty cool. But we'll have a couple other Mono Green decks with some other new Kepeda Includes. And I'm a little more excited to talk about Uh, in fourth place. We have Sandy dog MTG on some mono red Chandra dressed to kill with uh, no new cards here. Although Kamano faces Kakazan makes me sad as an obnixless play. Let me tell you what.
1: They always have it. They never don't have it every single time. That's right.
0: Third place Azorius control by ale underscore M G here. Uh, Quick check here. No new cards bound. In second place, we have Las Vegas Chaos on Naya Winota. Nothing new here. And then in first place, we have Hero Sukai on Mono Blue Spirits. You'd just love to see it. A $100 standard deck or Pioneer deck. Sorry, standard Pioneer deck. Just taking it down. Yeah, this
1: guy won so this person won the event at one fifth of the cost as like second place, you know, uh a uh, seventh of the cost of third place. I mean, it's just crazy, you know? Yeah. You can still do it. And you talk about interaction, right? I'm playing my cards, um, I'm tempoing you out. And if you're not ready mm-hmm. for it, like how do you what do you do to sideboard against this deck? Like whatever you sideboard, they're gonna probably know what what's good against them theoretically, yeah. so they're going to sideboard into that because what they're doing is sideboarding in just counterspells. Whatever you were trying to do, I'm going to stop it, or I'm going to play a little more grindy, or I'm going to play Entrancing melody to stop you. Uh, again, it's just you kind of have to either beat them down faster or go over the top, and both of those things are hard to do. <laughs> both of yeah. those things are hard to do if they get the right draw. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying this is a, a Tier 1 deck, but you get the right
0: draws, this is going to get you. that's just the Spirit's game plan. I've I said it once, I've said it a million times, if you buy the core spirits package, you will invariably have a rele- have like most of a relevant deck, right? Yep. If you're you just got to buy the mana if you start here, you just got to buy the mana base for Azorius in to Bant and I have an article on playing Pioneer sort of talking about all these differences, what you have to add for each version, and there is a really good on ramp in my opinion of go from mono blue go to Azorius go to Bant, right? You you kind of add about like $100 or so every time you move up the chain. So, and that definitely makes the, the the buy-in a little more feasible. And hey, it's great right now because the cheap version of the deck is the better one, in my opinion, right now.
1: Yep, absolutely right.
0: Uh, all right, let's talk about the two top eight decks with new cards. Uh, like I said, we'll come down to eighth place with Super Cow here with Giada. And hey, we guessed this was happening. Turns out Giada is real good. Oh, yeah, it is. Now, the only question is, is it going to be enough to keep this deck around? Who knows? But again, an on tribal lord that is also two relevant keywords and a mana dork is insane.
1: Yeah, I think that the I still I'm looking at this deck and I just still a couple of things I don't like about it. Uh, as far as the, not that there's anything could be different, like not that the player played anything bad or anything like that, but some of the non angels you unfortunately have to play are definitely a little bit sad, but you know you still get to play collective company. We know how insane that card is. We know how good it is when you can curve any of your two drops, right you've got the angels it's just you have to play so many non angels to interact with your opponent. It's a little bit like eh, I, it feels like to me like we could play some some other stuff, but again, a collective a company deck, you have to just jam so many creatures oh it's tough you know
0: I mean but... if, if you get a book if you get a book off early enough right like I mean it's kind of hard to get a book off before karn goes off but I think you can as long as you can keep them from comboing off you could probably get in under karn so you don't need the book to go off right um but like book can save you from so many other matchups you it's so easy to go f- from in this deck to go from like two life to 27 like the red decks, you just don't care about them a lot of the time. I I, th- I think that, like, it's great to me to see Giada bring... And I hate saying that because I do legitimately like this deck a lot. Uh, I also find this deck very annoying to play against. I'm usually playing the aggressive decks against it, right? Yep. But uh, Wizards... One hundred and sixty dollars for I place the resplendent angel. Oof. Let's get on it. Get that reprint out there.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit crazy. I think, thankfully, you know, again, this deck is just like a. It's a fun choice that I think if you play it a lot, you get rewarded because you know I have not traditionally liked like the humans, the human clerics that you have to play. I've wished there was something uh, something better, and like I think Speaker of the Heavens is cute. I think some of the life game stuff is cute, but I do wish there was a better a better option. And part of me just almost wants to play. Uh, another two-drop and play the green elves to accelerate to my twos twos and threes faster.
0: I mean, you know what the deck really needs? Huh. It needs
1: an Avacyn's Pilgrim Reaper. Right. Absolutely. That would be huge. That would be huge. So normally I'm real excited for angels. I still think we're we're close, but obviously this this Giada has pushed it over the top. If that goes unchecked and your opponent's kind of fumbling around trying to do their thing, you know, you don't care how many cards they get off Winota. Your creatures are just going to be so much bigger. Like, the... Righteous Valkyrie makes your card so much bigger. And, you know, you're pumping out lots of stuff. You've got interaction for uh, their cards, So, you know, I definitely see the power level.
0: Also, Giada is like $4 right now. That's going to be a $10, 50 Commander card in a couple of years.
1: I think you could definitely be right.
0: Get your, get your Giadas while you can. And then, seventh place, we have uh, Winota here with Rocco ready Caterer. I mean, hey, it's great just to have another way to tutor up your Winotas. Uh, that not only triggers... Your Winona when it gets to attack, right? But hey, uh, it lets us cut Eldritch Evolution, but still have a tutor for. Yeah, makes sense. So that is pretty sweet there. All right, let's come on down to ninth place. Timmy Tron playing Mono Green Devotion with Topiary Stomper as a new include. We get some uh, nice enough to trigger Cure draw effect for us, Uh, put some basic lands into play. I like the Stomper. Honestly, I feel like I kind of. Missed this card in spoiler season because the more I see this card, the more I'm just like, yeah, the plant dino's good.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at cards like creatures, right, that have done things that you could just get with spells, there are quite a few, right? like you've got croxa, right? You've got uro, you've got just quite a few to be honest. With you. And when I read those cards to some of my, you know, friends that I play, used to play with in college, they go, "Oh, that's like a spell, right?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, it's a creature that like you can do more stuff with." They're always amazed. And I think this is kind of one of them. We used to pay 3 mana just for a ramp effect. The fact that we get a creature with it is pretty solid, right? Like you would just take that effect cuz that effect was already solid. People used to play it. And here's a small amount of uh, upside here to this. So it counts for our devotion, which is huge, right? It's double green. It ramps us, which is huge. And then we're going to get the seven lands really quickly, and then it gets vigilant. So this is definitely a stronger card. Again, we were so busy looking at the gold card. Some of the, you know, like we looked at that mono black creature that I missed until you guys pointed it out, that I was like, oh, okay. But I definitely see this card earning its place, and it's very, very cheap. I think you could now very reasonably build a more budget version of the stack list, except for... You know, hopefully you've already got your Carns and your Nykthoses. <laughs> if you got those, the rest of the deck's pretty cheap. Those are definitely about half the cost of the deck right there. You know, pretty close to 200 of your $400 are going into Karn and Nykthoses. The rest of the deck's pretty cheap. Creature the creature base is pretty cheap. Cavalier's up there for whatever reason, but I don't even know that you initially have to play that card. I will say mm-hmm.
0: Cavalier and like Storm the Field, Festival that's not make the deck, in my opinion, is because... Cavalier puts any land untapped.
1: And it gets your nick, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That makes sense to me. Yep, definitely, definitely a strong one. Um, Nissa is a card that I think is underplayed right now. I have not historically liked this card, but when I have seen it played in Pioneer, Nissa, who shakes the world, has been very strong. And I think that there are some deck lists for it. Again, people who are trying to go linear. I think you want this more in like an answers deck. This is just a way to kind of close up the game and give you big mana to go over the top of people. But I think this gives you the way to go, hey, if you're doing linear stuff, you can play this in like a deck with black in it and try and thought seize them or Assassin's throw for them to answer their threats. And then again, if they're coming at you and trying to go more of a mid-range strategy, you can pump this out pretty quick and then start putting the pressure on your opponent while still leaving up tons of mana for your answers for you. So I've really liked Nissa, effectively, you know, doubling your mana times and then, you know, putting the pressure on with creatures, right? You could spin your mana, then untap it, make it a creature. Nissa, I think a little underplayed right now. I picked up my four copies because, again, I thought the four, whatever the $4 I paid for them were a good deal, and I still have them. I'm, I'm looking. To-
0: yeah, for sure. All right, let's come on down to 10th place, which uh not playing anything new here, but I do want to highlight a cool deck when I see one in Orzhov Midrange here by Yatsugi. Three Containment priests, two Archon of Emeria, four Graveyard Trespasser, two Redain God of the Worthy, two sword of the Mirthless, four Wandering Emperor, four Fatal Push, two March of Otherworldly Light, one March of Wretched Sorrow, four thotsies three Vanishing Verse, uh, four in sorry, three Invoke Despair, uh, one The Celestus Inn, some good old Orzhov Lands. If you want a deck making a meta call, it's this one, right? We have Archon of you, you can't get to your Karn combo off. We have Containment Priest. Sorry, Winota, get out of here. We have Redane's Backside to shut down cat like the, the, the Sack oh, deck. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, of
0: course. This deck is like, let's play the meta call deck. And this is someone who put in thought into what was going to be good, what was going to be popular, and they targeted it. And make note. This is people should be doing more of this in Pioneer.
1: Yeah, again, I still think Soren's an insane Planeswalker. One thing I've been excited about is is uh Torch of Defiance being legal in Explorer. uh uh-huh. And and I think, you know, Soren is kind of a similar card. It's just it, it is a great value um for you know the color that it provides, right? So, you know, uh Chandra's obviously double red, Soren you get the double black. So for each of those colors, I think that the cards really doing work. I think again with the wanderer, the wandering emperor, sorry, um, you just you it's so good against creature decks and soren unfortunately is more of like a, hey if you're behind this card's not quite as good it doesn't protect itself quite as well it does fine but obviously getting the flash in at the end of turn and making a creature is obviously a little better but the value obviously that you can get from soren is better when it comes to the long game getting to draw so many cards and again if it's lands you're just like great i'll take these for free and if it's a big thing you get to be like nope you know so uh can't tell you how much I love Soren, And I think that with the value you get from these Planeswalkers, you know, again, this black-white deck is totally serviceable, Give especially all the hate cards and answers that we talk about. White has and black has. We've said for a long time, white has such insane sideboards. And look at it here. You just put your sideboard cards in the main deck. turns out it's fine.
0: Yeah. All right. Ready to move on? <laughs> Let's do it. Because in 12th place, we have Ivan Drago on Rakdosak. Pretty similar what I played this weekend here. So we got one giganta, which honestly, I'm going to be real, everyone. I feel like I let you down. I forgot about jeggy I didn't, I didn't elk it up. I could have elked it up, but we had some double pip cards in the sideboard that did come in a lot. So yeah, fair. jeggy would have been kind of just a, a main board, a, a game one only thing here, but you know, I like the four cats. I like four epic here, two blood the harvesters Four mayhem devil. Honestly, I, I like two thoughtsies here. I was constantly boarding out thoughtsies this weekend, I'm looking at this deck and I'm just like, this main board is exactly how I felt after I played that event with Ricky. Uh, if you go look at my deck list, I will also say you will find that we were on three cat, three oven main. That's because I forgot to buy uh, cats. Uh, Ricky and I, w- along with my wife, went all around some of the Houston shops looking for cats. Uh, we also, just in desperation, bought packs of Throne of Eldraine, didn't get there on the cats, but uh, Merrily did open me up A Great Henge, an alternate Brazen Borrower, and a Question Beast. Uh, So, hey, I still made out like a Bandit on those packs. Uh, But I will go more into my thoughts on on this deck when I talk with Ricky. But this is the main board after the event I think I would be leaving. So, big thumbs up for me on this list here. 14th place, we have Electric Bob on... Grixis Lutri, uh um, definitely check the link for this deck list because it's all one of so I'm not going to read every <laughs> card out. Wow. Here, um let the people down. Let the people I mean, you, you want me to? No, no I don't. Okay, I'll save you. Uh I do we do we need to remind you of the one does it slap where I read every card out in that like what in the commander decks? No, that's what I'm talking uh, about. <laughs> uh but anyway, hey, Lutri is always a fun one and it's kind of fun to see Pioneer has a lot of similar card effects that you can pull off a deck like this.
1: Sure. Yep.
0: Set 21st place, John underscore W with mono white humans. Again, if you're looking for a cheap buy-in, this deck's 150 bucks and you can get a lot of this and then build onto it uh, by buying the current mono white um, challenger deck and then upgrading it for like 50, 100 bucks. And you can again see my list of how to upgrade these decks on playing Pine. You kind of see some of my finished versions of these of these deck lists out there. I like adding Tomek again. tomic is a card Chris and I I think will always like in this format, going mm-hmm. back to when we played Mono White Devotion with Ballista. Tomek doesn't get enough love for what he does in this format. Absolutely. Uh 26th place. Underscore against underscore playing the red green uh, kind of uh, combat celebrant combo deck. I don't know if we've talked about this deck before. It kind of peaked up at the end of the format. Uh, it's kind of just built around untapping your combat celebrants and just sort of cheating er, and just cheating in extra combats, uh, which, you know, hey, that's pretty fun, right? Um, and then we're adding two copies of Strangle here. Uh, from Streets of New Competent, 29th place we have MJ underscore twenty-three with Rakdos aggro. Uh it's kind of just uh actually I think you will like this deck a lot. Uh it's kind of mono black aggro, splashing red for Obnixilus. Uh but we also added Tenacious Underdog to the mix. Mm-hmm.
1: That
0: uh the yeah. mono the mono black blitz card we liked a lot.
1: Yep. I watched an aspiring spike stream and I think that he got pretty frustrated because a lot of people, you know, it it can be tough to be known as the brewer who's really good because people want to present you all their crazy ideas and then have you like affirm them. Um, That's one of the problems I've seen with, with magic players in general is are we're not always ready to accept where we could do better or that our ideas don't work. I was surprised the amount of people who were like, oh, this card does this. And then he'd be like, that card doesn't even work like that. And then they'd be like, no, it does. And then he'd kind of like, everybody would be like, oh, no, it doesn't. They'd be like, oh, sorry. And he'd be like, that happened multiple times. And so like, he got really frustrated. People were like wanting to play all these big creatures with Obnixilus, which is fine. But he was like, Obnixilus is fine on its own. Like, you just sacking a small creature to it and and having two Planeswalkers, you know? Like, a lot of times they can't be attacked down because they don't have enough creatures, especially if you're playing a control thing. He's like, I think you're definitely fine playing this on later turns, sacking a small creature. Once you've got control and presenting them two different targets, they have to kill as Planeswalkers. So uh, I think, again, the card just does a lot. I'm not playing it in my current sack deck because I was playing it before it got released, playing a bunch of, like, fun games. I think you could absolutely update... Uh, the sack list I was messing around with with it and it's just a solid card again it's probably not as strong as I was fearing that it was going to be which I think
0: yeah for sure and uh that was it for this one you ready to go to Sunday let's do it all right on Sunday in eighth place we have Paco El Flaco on mono red aggro in seventh place we have Remph on Bant Spirits Uh, Again, a player who just, like, never put the spirits down and is keeping this deck going. I respect it. Uh, sixth place, we have Bull Zero Eye uh, on Naya Winota here with uh, nothing new here. Kind of the classic Winota build. Bringing back the Ranger class, though. Fifth place, we have uh, Malt Liquor. Uh, hey, I, hey, can I get some can I get some props for getting that name right in the first go? Nice, good job. Thank you, thank you. Uh, with Mono Blue Spirits. In fourth place, we have Timu on Is It Thing in the Ice, which I think is just... It is Thing in the Ice. It, it is Thing in the Ice, right? <laughs> uh, I, it's just, like, a different kind of build-of-the-control deck, so we're still on, like, Narset plus collectifies and Days Undoing. Uh, we just kind of dropped the Niv package here. They're, they're, they've kind of split these decks up. If you're playing Niv, it's being called Is It Control. If you're not playing Niv, it's called Is It Thing in the Ice, Come on, let's get the deck list right uh, straight here. Uh, third place we have Golgar Burr on Rakdos mid range. Nothing, uh, nothing new here. Nothing doing. In second place we have Cherry X Man on Mono Green Ramp. No Torpiary Stomper, but we're on one Palukrinos, the World Eater. How long's been since you've seen a Palukrinos get cast?
1: A while, but we know how strong that card is. So you know, yeah,
0: it's a uh, big
1: X. It does. It Obviously, it does a lot. And I think the big thing about it is that it, uh, you know, it, it hits stuff. Yeah. So, like, this is another way that you can just spend a ton of mana and get your opponent's creatures. Because a lot of times you've got that extra mana. And are we playing the combo here? It looks like, yeah, Kiora, Karn. And Cauldron. Then, and then is Cauld- Cauldron's in the board? Yeah. Okay, so we've got it. Um, but sometimes you just find yourself with so much mana, Polukronos is just another another big way to do it. And you know, I'm not sure what the difference is between that and Hydra, right? Because the Hydra also well, has double green pips. So
0: the big the big thing here is Polukronos can hit up to X targets. So if you're playing against like a small creature deck like Sack, and if you just do like X's three, right, you can pick off all of their guys.
1: Sure. So like, this is a fine four. And then again, it doesn't take that much mana on the next turn to, to get a bunch of them. I that And again, in a world of Winota, where like, you know, they're going to be playing a lot of stuff. I, I'm afraid that this is a little bit too late to really answer that. But, you know, hey, I don't know. Maybe you're taking out a bunch of Phoenixes or something like that. Uh, and you didn't have a good answer to that. Because I know this deck did struggle with Phoenix, uh, even though you've got quite a few Reach creatures, you know. The, the current versions of Phoenix are like combo decks, right? They're trying to get some Phoenix and then copy the extra turn spell. And that's yeah. really what they're... I could see it for that.
0: All right. And then in first place, we have Romero Ito 1 with Monered Aggro. Bringing back the Torbrand Thane of Redfell. Been a bit since we've seen Torbrand here. Nothing uh, nothing else new. No Strangles. No nothing else uh, upsetting the, the bunch here. What do you think? Yeah, um... And Kari Zev, this is like a throwback on a red list, besides, like, obviously Chandra, Dress the Kill, in Kumano, I mean, Torbrand making your Chandra triggers ping three is pretty good, I guess.
1: I'll be honest with you, like, especially playing against Wombat, if you're playing Kumano faces Kakuzan, right, if you're playing Bone, Crusher, Giant, and like, your Light Up the Stage, Skewer the Critics effects, because all well, they're just such such cheap, powerful effects... And then, you know, Uh it doesn't really matter what creature package that I think you end up with. Like, obviously, Swift Spear and Soul Soul Scar Mage are important. They're definitely very good. But I don't, I think, you know, he even played kind of more like a mid-rangey version and it was all solid. I think that really one of your best one-drops was the Kamano because of how well it comboed with other creatures. You know, obviously. Also,
0: Explorer Explorer doesn't have Swift Spear either. Very
1: true. Very, very true. But, point was, those cards are so powerful. That, like, I am I think even in, like, Explore, you're going to see some adventures come back because of how powerful cards like Bonecrusher Giant is, and that card just does so much I can't see enough about it. And then, you know, hey, Kari Ev it's a fun card, right? First Strike and Menace. It's a lot of abilities on a 1-3, on a and, you know, you're probably tired of getting blocked by stupid random defenders all the time and, and stuff like that. It's an easy way to trigger your um, spectacles, right? If your opponent's playing one random ramp guy and once the turn that comes into play, it won't be able to block your Karizev, which is an important effect there. Whereas, again, all the random elves, uh, Arboreal Grazer, which I'm so frustrated exists, and the plant with Hexproof. Yeah. Um, those all block so well that Karizev gets through those. Again, I think it's just an experiment. It's only a two of, but I do see it as a really fun way to make sure that you get to activate your spectacle.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean... You know, Karysev is a great way to play with Ragaman without spending $80.
1: Yeah, exactly right. There you go.
0: <laughs> All right, come on down to ninth place. Claudio back at it with Niv to light. And uh, like I said, just uh, a bunch of the new triumphs there. Uh, sixth place, Timitron back with – sorry, tenth place, Timitron back with Mono Green plus Topiary Stomper. Again, I think that's such a such a solid include. Eleventh uh, place, Pastor of Muppets with Esper Greasefang adding Tainted Indulgence to the deck list. Noah uh, and Ledger Shredder, too. That's the other big one here. None of the the Obscura charm to kind of buy back Grease Fang and he bites it here. Uh, but Ledger Shredder is the one in a blue for a 1-3 flyer. And whenever a player casts their second spell each turn, you get to connive, which when you draw a card, then discard a card. Discarded a non-land card, put a 1-1 counter on this creature. Important thing here is Ledger Shredder counts both players, yes right right yep um and then of course tainted indulgence is uh blue and a black for instant draw two cards that is card of carlos there are five more mana values among cards in your graveyard card is gross i've been talking to some other people playing uh esper grease fang in the format uh over on twitter and things like that and uh yeah i hearing from them tainted indulgence is great i do also kind of want to try indulgence in like a blue black control deck list at some point uh we'll see how long it takes me to, to check that out but i i Indulgence is definitely probably one of my personal top five cards of the set.
1: Yeah, I think it's also like if you want to play Phoenix in, uh, you know, or Pioneer, but like if you want to play Phoenix in Explorer, I think that kind of Grixis is going to have to be one of the ways to do it going forward. I have not found a shell that I have been super excited about in uh, in Pioneer just with all the, the answers going on. So I think that you kind of being like a control deck that you use Phoenix to finish people off is one of the ways to do it. And this is just another easy way
0: to, you know, be able to answer something or, you know, you get a chart of in it- For sure. Uh, 14th place, we have Kira Kanata on Bant Control. We picked up some copies of Endless Detour here. And uh, Girls Pro, I mean, hey, this is, when I was thinking about we're going to play just Bant Control, uh, yeah, taking S, taking uh, blue white Yorian, adding some growth spiral addicts, manless detour, it's what I wanted to do. So, uh, glad to see it here in the top 16 finish. Uh, and we're gonna come on down to 23rd place, skipping some mono red decks and a lot of is it control. We're gonna talk about uh, uh our ex fierce Byerly, uh, again, playing Rocco in Nyawanota. I think, again, great include there. Twenty fourth place though we have SG Cyrus not playing uh, oh, excuse me not playing any real new cards but uh, kind of a fun build bringing back the old Cl- Pioneer classic in mono green ramps we got Arboreal Grazer Cavalier of Thorns World Breaker Emmercool, the Promised End Ugin the Spirit Dragon 4 Bond of Flourishing Warping Whale Cultivate Nissa's Pilgrimage Othanissa just uh, a bunch of green spells to try to power out Emrakul and Worldbreaker. Always fun to see that deck come back. 25th place, uh, the Magic Mana on Mono Red Obosh. I'm going to talk about there And 27th place. Mick Sauce on... It's called Selesnia Ramp, but it's kind of just the Mono Green again. Yeah. Mono Green Karn package here with a couple white cards in the board uh, that we can just sort of tutor up with Karn and then just, hey, Tulsimir is just a good card against the aggro deck. So that's kind of the new pickup there. Uh, I think my, la- we got two more decks to talk about in this top in this, uh, challenge here. We have be bought online 29th place, fractos mid range, picking up tenacious underdog, kind of splitting the difference between Chandra and Obnix here. Uh, what do you think of this deck list?
1: Yeah, I like it again. I think we, as soon as you guys showed me the uh, tenacious uh, under D there, uh, I was impressed. And I think the card is is going to make a splash again. I think some of the cards that I've really liked, it's more about finding the home for them. Synergy is obviously so important. You do have to really have a fine-tuned deck list, I think, in Pioneer with how many strategies are like, hey, I, I know what I'm doing. You better also. So I think it gives us less room. But hey, I think interacting with the opponent's face has always been a solid strategy. I mean, mono red does well pretty regularly, and uh, this is one way to do it,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, and then coming down to 31st place, we have uh, uh Joe jo- jo- Sido- Shickle. Mm-hmm. I- I- I'm gonna assume I got that one right. If I was wrong, yell at me on Reddit. Uh, in 31st place with uh, Boros Hammer. Hey, look at that! Yeah, uh, we have four Alcy Life's Bounty, four Fireblade Charger. One rabbit battery, three core blade master, one lion sash, one lizard blades, four season hollow blade, four resolute strike, two up the armory, four claws hammer, two shadow spear, four cigarters eight, four fighter class. So uh we haven't seen this deck in a while, but essentially we're just going to uh find a way to cheat our hammer onto one of our warriors here and uh let it do the thing. Let it do the thing? That's that's the best way you can describe it. <laughs> All right, anything else in this challenge, Chris? Nah. All right, real quick, I do want to highlight a couple decks here in the league. Probably gonna skip over a few more of the decks that I wanted to skip over, but I'm just gonna shout out uh, Hui On with us. Is it Prowess here bringing back the Stormwing entity? Solid there. Uh, Manis two three five with the Bant deck splashing blue now. For or sorry, the Angels deck splashing blue for Glass Pool Mimic. Mm-hmm, I like that. Uh, it's kind of a Kind of a we we got rid of the book pack for playing glass week instead uh, monowog on mono red fires kind of deck we talked about last week with the four field ruin cleansing wildfire so uh, that decks kind of stick around kind of fun to see that uh, ring a rivning r v n g playing four color vampire because hey we're cheating in lord xander with soren and uh, you know what I think if that ever happens to me I'm just gonna uninstall midgo I'm just gonna. Not even Miko, because I mean, you can do it on Explorer too, right? Because Soren's on there. Uh, I think I'm just going to end the stream if that happens to be on camera. <laughs> we're just gonna, yep. we're just out. We're just uh, that's it. You can hold me to it. Uh, w- will I turn the stream back on afterwards? Probably, but we will just stop the stream at that point at least for like ten seconds as I go scream furiously into a pillow. Uh, just underneath it, we have Snoga on a sub one hundred uh, dollar, also only twenty ticks version of Cileznia Hexproof. So that's a fun one there. Uh, Teletube 54 on Mono Blue Devotion. And then uh, this is a deck list I wanted to talk about with Chris real quick. Uh, again, I know I'm kind of running through these deck lists, but I will link the league results below. So you can go catch and uh, take, an, uh, take a look at them there uh, if any of the decks I've mentioned sort of spark your fancy. Uh, here we have 092, Chris, with uh, some feather action for you. Brought back Feather. We're still playing 10th District Legionnaire, but now we're including that new Illuminator Virtuoso. What do you think here? We also got of Safety as a a pickup from the
1: That's interesting. I think that um, I have been thinking that a mono-white version of the deck could be solid, especially as like a budget play. I really think that you can play mono-white and do well locally. Obviously, there are some very strong cards you lose in like Reckless Rage, which is like removal. I think you have some other options, but, and then Ancestral Anchor is another, like Cantrip is a big one. But otherwise, like, you know, you have your uh, Mavi something from the Strixhaven set. Mavenda, I think is the name of the card. Yeah, yeah. I just like, it's like kind of a a similar version of Feather. It's not the exact same, but it's a similar version. Um, You could probably also do Mono Red. I, you know, again, you probably at that point could just play Mono Red Aggro and the same thing. But if you want the Feather effect, you could do that. Uh, also playing Kamano, which uh, I,
0: yeah, I was gonna, I was going to ask you what do you, Kamano feels kind of out of place here.
1: I think the card is just so strong. Um, yeah, and then it's also got the effect that I didn't catch for a long time. Uh, if a creature dealt damage this turn by a source you controlled would die, exile it.
0: Oh, so even blocking. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, and you know how much I love playing decks that uh, play with the graveyard. So this card is this card's pretty good against old Chris here and uh pretty solid, but yeah, I think decks like this half their spot. Again, they beat down really fast. I think that again you know, although we talk about Pioneer being linear, unfortunately, they also get to play some removal spells, and they just they have their plan that they're doing. So it's not that the formats I don't think is you know non-interactive. I just do think that the decks kind of do do their plan and execute their combo. Uh, but I think the reports of aggro's death are, are greatly exaggerated. I think decks like this are still absolutely fine, especially in locals. And I think you playing the deck more is going to matter. I do think that, you know, this deck has the problem of just drawing too much of one or the other, but a lot of that is resolved with how many times you get to draw cards, right? You have so many cantrips at this point that you do kind of get to um, stop those, you know, at least action-filled hands and, you know, usually get to the lands that you need. Unfortunately, you still just sometimes don't draw another land, and Uh, I have liked this deck. I've wanted to see Illuminator Virtuoso see what it could do. I think Double Strike is a huge game, and it's another threat that really has to be answered. Um, Unfortunately, like 10th District Legionnaire is just not a card that I've super loved. Um, Dreadhorde Arcanist has been good. It lets you play, you know, buy your spells back, but it itself has not been a very powerful threat. You're really looking for your favorite Hoplites, your Swift Spears to get prowess and attack really quickly. And now obviously our, you know, Illuminator Virtuoso goes right in that slot. So obviously a big fan of this deck. I played quite a bit of it. Kamano is just a very strong card that, you know, ups one of your creatures, right? It starts with the damage, and uh, it may be a little bit slower than I think this deck needs, but we'd have to see what they thought. Obviously, they 5 out with it. Very
0: cool. All right, well, I I think that'll do it here, Chris, Mm -hmm. uh, because I think we're going to cut over to me and Ricky here. All right, what is going on, Ricky? Let's talk about our Team Trios event from the weekend. Team Trios was a ton of fun. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a blast. So it's team trios in the fact that uh, each seat was a different format. It wasn't like team constructed, although honestly, Pioneer team constructed would be pretty wild, I think.
2: Unified is dope. I love playing unified constructed. I've played, people complained when I talked about it at the event and they were like, you know, against unified pioneer. But I I was like, I've played team unified standard. So like, I don't think that anything is not doable, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, of course, the, the three formats available in this event were Modern, Pioneer... And in the
2: last chair, two actual factual wizards had an arcane duel. Yes. But actually mostly just played Modern Horizons two cards. Yes. Um, I don't know. Legacy is a
0: wild format, and here we are. Here we are. I mean, look, we're, we're not going to talk about deck choices, except our own, right? Um, right. So we're not we're not having modern podcast, right? But of course, we can talk a little bit about your modern seat playing with Dredgeless Dredge. Of course, oh, uh, we have. I got our to play friend. with real Dredge.
2: There's no Dredgeless. Yes.
0: Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's right. You you got actual Dredge. That's right. Uh, there was Dredgeless Dredge in the Pioneer event, though.
2: Right. That deck looks sweet. Always, I've built it before, but back when I had Uro, yeah, uh, the deck was way sweeter when you had Uro. I will say that.
0: Yeah, I, I I bet that was in fact the case. Uh, I of course played Rakdosaki. You can see my list uh, I posted on Twitter. I hopefully I was hoping that the I asked the tos to give me like give me all the deck list after the event, but they're like no we're, we'll post them up online. I have not seen them yet, uh, so I'm hoping those get posted at some point soon. So I kind of have an idea about what half the pioneer field was. Unfortunately. I usually ended up being like the last match playing, uh, not from slow play, but I feel like just every decision I made really mattered in my matchups, which is something I do want to talk about, and I already sort of briefly mentioned with Chris. But before we dive into sort of the pioneer, what was going on, do you want to do you want to talk about Dredge real quick, Ricky? Yeah, my decisions didn't
2: matter. Um, the cards slip off the top of your deck, and sometimes you win. Most of the times you win. And sometimes... You know, your four creepy chills in the bottom ten, and you lose. Yeah, uh, I enjoy playing dredge because one, it's a graveyard deck, and two, it plays no Modern Horizons two cards, uh,
0: and three, n- everyone forgot graveyard hate because Loris is banned. Yeah,
2: I, I feel I never felt more like a boomer. Like I've never felt more thirty than I did playing like a tournament of no Modern Horizons cards, uh, only to be bested uh, by an eighty card
0: pile of only Modern Horizons two cards. That deck, certain. that deck certainly was just modernized this two tribal. Uh, but I will say that it was really funny to hear everyone just grumble about how bad dredge is. you even affirming how bad dredge is, but no one being able to stop you.
2: Yep. you just have to counter the cathartic reunion and if you do that, you probably beat me and if you don't, well, then I'm gonna win.
0: Yeah, that's those are some nice rhinos. Yeah, lose 12, I'll gain 12, please. Yeah,
2: oh man. The the Rhinos player just suspending the Rhinos on turn one, and I was just like, you can suspend this card? <laughs> he goes, well, we're gonna try. <laughs> it, it does not suspend, fun fact. Oh. Are they dead before it comes off? Yeah, they died before it came off.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Alright, well, I don't want to say uh, you know, just put myself at the star of the show, but obviously we are a pioneer podcast, so let's talk about some of the Pioneer play that happened. And like I told Chris the regular portion of the show, it, this week was a really nice change of pace. I mean, there's no doubt that Pioneer is full of a lot of linear strategies, and you just kind of go through the motions, right? You will just kind of get there. Whoever executes first gets there, right? You have your Winota deck, you have uh, Mono Green, you have Phoenix, right? Like A lot of the decks that I think are key to Pioneer are very linear strategies. No argument about that. So getting to play sack, even though, yes, is very linear about I put cat in oven, I make food, I give cat food, I put cat in oven, loop that, right? But when I started hitting like, all the Mayhem Devil stuff, really, I just, the magic I played on Sunday really, really felt like every decision I made mattered, and it was honestly, even though it's only, like, four rounds where we cut to the, the five, like, the tops, right, Probably some of the most rewarding magic I've played in at least since the pandemic started.
2: Uh, I think my favorite moment of the whole team event was uh, being in a very losing position in my game three, and I just start helping your game. Yes. And my opponent goes, Excuse me, I'd like to finish our game. And I was just like, Oh, but I can win this one. I can't win this one. Yeah. Uh, You look like every time I looked at your board, there were a million decisions to make, and I, I'm very happy I didn't play any sort of like involved modern deck, so I could keep an uh, eye on your game a lot more than I could keep an eye on my own game. Yes, uh, I think that was uh, that was that was key because yes. there were a lot ha- a lot of decisions that you were making.
0: Uh, I and I, I appreciated being able to look over and just be like, "What do you think here?" And, and I also say I appreciate that you weren't just like. Yelling at me what to do, right? Like, it felt like we were very much on the same wavelength of like, okay, here are my two decision points. This is why I think this one. This is why I think this one. Which one do you believe in more? Right.
2: The only thing I think I yelled at you about was Mayhem Devil Triggers. Yes. Uh, but there, cause there were like seven triggers going on at like a time.
0: Yes. You know, you, you, you crack your synthesizer to a, you sack your synthesizer to a anvil deadly dispute oh, with, man. uh, with the mayhem devil and playwright. You know, when do we exile? When do we draw the cards? When does the mayhem devil trigger go off? It, it's a lot it's of, a lot. it's a
2: lot of decisions. And I will say, uh, I know we didn't draw him often, but do you want to talk about the man, the myth,
0: Ob- the legend mob Nixilis? Is the, it it is. is the truth. It is. It is. Look, like sure there are going to be plenty of situations where you don't draw them right, but like I and, and Mono Green is still very much an unwinnable matchup of the Hit card, right. Uh, but I feel like had we hit Mob in those games, especially post board, I think our chances are so much better in that matchup than they have been in the past. I almost want to go. To play, like, no push in the main board. Yeah. And play four
2: Voltage Surge. It, it might be correct, honestly. Like, the number of times we could have... Like, if we could have Voltage Surged the Karn... Uh-huh. Like, we're in, right? Yeah. And, like, you can Voltage Surge... Like, if Yorian blocks a token, you can Voltage Surge to finish it off, but you can never push him, right? hmm Like, you always just have artifacts sitting around in that deck. Yeah. I, I just think that Voltage Surge might be way better
0: than it looks. It probably is. Also, only playing three cats and three ovens. That was bad. That was loose. It was loose.
2: But we found those ovens. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be blasphemous here, right? Okay. I think that cat oven is like the least impactful interaction that our deck has. Oh hundred percent. It's nowhere near as good as like the stuff that you can do with Anvil. Yes. Like Cat Oven is good. It's fine. But like, it's nowhere near like how good Anvil is and how good Obnixilus is. I just, um, hey, it's
0: so weird. Cause, like I, I feel like four is still too much Obnixilus.
2: Yeah, you might be right. I kind of want to make like a hybrid, like sack and mid range deck where we're playing like Anvils and Fables, uh huh, and Obs. Okay. And I think we just like leave the Cat Oven at home. I don't know. Maybe just, like, two Mayhem Devils and just, like, leave Cat Hoven at home? It's possible. It's it's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of interesting configurations of Rakdos cards right now that make a good deck, and trying to find the best one, I think, is going to be a truly big task for the format.
0: I mean, I think it really speaks to, because I'm pretty sure Rakdos or pseudo-Rakdos variants were, like, the most popular archetype of the event, because there was for sure two Rakdos mid-range players... There was me on SAC. There was one Mardu Greasefang deck, and that is like a fourth of the <coughs> the field right there. Um, was there was only one Greasefang player.
2: There was a Winota player. My,
0: there was a Winota player. There was at least one Lotus. There was only one Mono Grease. No, there were two Rakdos mid range decks. I didn't see any Rakdos Sack. Yeah, I think I was the other one on SAC still, just because I don't think anyone else had the Obnixes.
2: Right. We had people asking us for Fables at the event. Yeah, I still think Fable is a little weak in Winota, but that's me. I'm probably wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're probably right there. It's just like, is what is worth copying?
2: They whiff a little hard. Yeah. Um. That saying, that being said, today I did lose a match today to Winota, who flipped a Fable and then just hardcast their Agent of Treachery oh, and started copying. All right. it. Well then.
0: Well then. Uh, I, I think it's a bit of a different build. I mean, Chris and I talked about there were a couple, there's one player in the challenges this week that they, they're instead of Fable, they're playing two Rocco in their Winota decks as like ways to tune up Winota late game. I think that's probably the truth. Seven mana. Yeah, but you get there off of all the elves. Yeah,
2: that's true. Um, that might be the truth, man. I, I've been uh, theorizing a lot with Rocco recently. Uh, you see in a lot of modern play, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, got, got a good modern life going.
2: Yeah, because he can go get Triad Arbor.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. And, yeah, uh, I see that.
2: And Asmiranda, Kanda, Banda, Momana, mm-hmm. Fofana. Yeah. That card. She He can go get that card for zero.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. But. So we're just, we're just getting free things? Right. The, uh, the Pioneer, he's an elf. Uh-huh. And he can tutor you your best elves out of your elf deck. But maybe Winota might be a more impactful card.
0: Yeah, who, who would have thought, right? Remember when, like, uh, Winota
2: played Neoform?
0: And, and like, Elge Revolution? Yeah. yeah Rocco's probably just better than that, right? I don't know. Winota players, yell at us yeah. on Reddit, please. Uh, but real quick, though, like, going heading back to the the Team Trios event here before we kind of wrap things up. It was really... It really felt like every match came down to the Pioneer tables because everyone else knew... All the modern Legacy players knew what they were doing.
2: Right. Um. I don't know. The Legacy games that I watched were uh kind of wild how much modern horizons 2 is in legacy
0: yeah
2: i saw like literally our first round opponent the legacy and modern player were playing the same deck
0: oh because they were both on like Merktide, right yeah
2: like red blue Merktide. it was just like yeah he had force of wills and dazes as opposed to like ragavans because ragavan is banned in legacy
0: by the way yes um and hey guess what but we get to play the treasure cruise they don't either yeah, nobody else gets to play the Treasure Cruise but Pioneer. Yeah, so who's the better format? Uh,
2: Pioneer, definitely. Yeah. I'm very excited that Legacy had a bunch of representatives.
0: Yes. Apparently Houston is a pretty deep Legacy community.
2: Which is great for them. I'm glad that they, they do that. And it's not the Lubbock Legacy community, which is just uh five people who have all purchased a Tabernacle and play lands. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's so true. That was so true.
2: It was like... Why, why play?
0: Why do you? How do you all have lands? You go to Legacy
2: Night and it's four people all playing lands, and then like me with my dredge deck, and then like maybe a Delver player. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways.
0: All right, buddy. Well, anything else on the on the Team Trios event here before we wrap up?
2: Uh, very fun. I can't wait to come down
0: to Houston again for some uh June PTQs. I did post the schedule. Unfortunately, the uh, the Pioneer ones aren't until. Like, August and September? Sure. I think, let me double-check here. Yeah, August 13th and September 10th are the two Pioneer ones. You could might convince me to play the standard ones, though. Ooh, I don't know about that. I'm definitely not playing the modern ones, so... Right, I might chill with Dredge. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But we'll be here, and uh, yeah, definitely the 13th and the 10th for Pioneer, uh, August September, respectively. That'll be fun. And, of course, there's, like, Three or four more stores that just haven't posted their result, their their dates yet because they're still waiting on those. But uh, yeah, and just so you know, just so everyone knows, obviously, Chris and I. This happened after Chris and I recorded the podcast, but stores are starting to confirm their PT, PPTQ dates. So be sure to go check out your regional sponsor, uh, your regional organizer, or just ask your stores what they booked. Uh, the regional organizers on all the websites should have some sort of calendar for your region. So, for instance, the U.S. Dream Hack. they should have a schedule of all the PPTQs as they get approved and go along. And, of course, you know, go check out your, whatever your regional organizer was announced in the initial organized play announcement. But, Ricky, thank you for hopping on real quick. I know you're feeling a lot oh, of the no, weather here and talking about this Team cheers event for me. It was a lot of fun. It was great to see you. If I could, we played some great Magic. If I could wrap it up. Yeah.
2: You know the girlfriend meme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like me and my game of modern. Uh Uh-huh. And the girl walking by is my homie's game of Pioneer. That's right. That was the event. And I would like to say also, we had the best Pioneer player because no other modern player knew what the Pioneer player was doing. Did you see any (laughs) of your opponents get help from their teammate in the middle? No. Like, I was the only person that I saw that was able to help, like, my Pioneer player. And, like, the other modern players were just, like, sitting there and, like, I'm here to play modern.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, every pioneer player I talked to was either like, uh, yeah, I played a little bit for the pandemic. I'm trying to get back into it. Or they're just like, I've never played the format. We just needed a third person. And they, they felt like I could pick up whatever deck I was playing.
2: Yep. But other than that, it was a a ton of fun. Learn your pioneer decks, get out there and play. And uh, I'm going to try
0: to chug some day cool and get better. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Let's kick it back to me and Chris. And all right, so we're back from that little added on segment with me and Ricky. Uh, So, Chris, of course, what do you you think about all Ricky and I discussed?
1: Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, I didn't know that Ricky was so into My Little Ponies. Uh, I had never known that before. I thought he'd be more of a Rainbow Dash guy. But uh, as a matter of fact, he is a massive fan of the other one. Uh, and of course, I know the name of all of the My Little Ponies, and I'm not going to type it into my computer. Right now. Twilight Sparkle, Twilight Sparkle is the one that he obviously loves. But I figured figured he'd be a Rainbow Dash, but Twilight Sparkle, acceptable substitute for his My Little Pony fandom. But yeah, excited you guys got to take it down, and I think it's crazy. I don't know what uh, I don't know what Dave Chappelle was doing there, but that's a pretty crazy story.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that will do it for this week's episode of Crew 3. I want to, of course, as always, give a huge shout out to our Supports of Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg with those three great tiers available. Uh, so get in on it, help keep the lights on, keep the show going. We got plenty of stuff coming on and we're just going to, you know, keep dipping into explore here and there, uh, especially as long as it keeps crisp in the magic playing mood, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause again, we're, we're old, we're boomers now. So it's really hard to get out to playing magic after working all day. We're married men now too. So find that free time's hard. That's right. <laughs> but as always, I want to say thank you as well to our, our listeners as always, whether or not you're a Patreon member or not, uh, you're tuning in, you're helping us grow. We've been having some great, great uh great numbers last few weeks here and i want to keep those numbers going up it's been a great time for pioneer uh, so i want to thank everyone who's kind of jumped on the show the last few weeks following that organized play announcement we're loving having you here make sure you join the discord join us in the conversation there if you look for more great pioneer content uh be sure to go check out playing pioneer.com uh which is sort of the collab between us and several other pioneer content creators we're just kind of growing our own little family there so uh, if you look for more great pioneer content throughout the week that is a great place to check by and uh, check out, see what's going on. And uh, I'm not just saying that as the content coordinator, but we do have some great stuff going on over there. Uh, but Chris, where can everyone find you on the socials? You can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas. Christmas has no tea. Christmas has no tea. And, of course, you can find me at Crew3Podcast running our official Twitter account where I post up some of my buys and uh, just kind of what's going on in general, whether or not it's Pioneer related. Who knows? But I've always got some stuff going on. Uh, Ruckman uh, does not sit still for too long. I'm always busy, always working on stuff. So tune in there. And, of course, uh, I try to stream about once a week over our Twitch channel at Crew3MTG. So if you want to sort of keep on top of that, give us a follow over there. Uh, But the VODs will be going up. Uh, on YouTube within a couple a couple days. They're usually within 24, 48 hours. Uh, we did stream some community explore on friday and i don't think it's gonna be an every week thing uh but i do kind of want to get into that more often i think it was a lot of fun and definitely getting people on to explore on arena is a uh, is a lot easier than organizing some webcams and getting all that kind oh, like yeah. of set up easier for people to kind of jump in and play with so uh again we're probably not gonna do that every week but uh maybe once or twice a month i think it'd be a good way to uh add some explore content flavor and uh, just sort of engage with the community a little more often i will say i I would post the VOD, but we kind of fumbled a bit because it's been so long since we played Arena. It's really hard to get your 15-card sideboard. You kind of got to jump through hoops when you're playing challenge matches. I do apologize for everyone who played on Friday. I, I thought the Companion app would tell us uh, Arena names as well, but I think we're going to probably switch over to Melee going forward just so we can kind of make sure everyone gets to see Arena names as we're playing, make that a little easier, make that cleaner. But we'll keep uh, we'll keep improving, keep running better, And uh, so be on the lookout for those signups. Uh, But yeah, anyway, we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.